Expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. To this live broadcast and podcast of New Abolitionist Radio. Today's date is February the 16th, 2020, on this Sunday night. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us. If you were just listening to Time for Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network, remember you could check them out every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, as well as on Friday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's Time for Awakening. You can also check them out at timeforawakening.com. We do have uh, a pretty, I would say, encouraging program for you tonight. We will be joined by one of our our rotating co-hosts, Mr. Maxwell Melvins of the Lifers Group. Um, He'll be joining us tonight. Of course, um, Maxwell is based out of New Jersey, and we have some good news coming out of New Jersey uh, with two measures and perhaps even a third uh, third measure that uh, Maxwell will talk about. But these measures to help uh, uh, people who are parolees, those people out of prison that's on parole, um, but it, it, it'll mainly help them, but as well as the community in terms of prison gerrymandering. And we'll get into the details of what prison gerrymandering is for those that don't know. But, you know, these measures were signed into law here recently by New Jersey Governor uh, Phil Murphy. And um, just some some brief information before we bring Maxwell on to give us the details. But some these measures will make it easier for those convicted of low-level drug offenses to expunge their their so-called criminal records. Another one is going to allow uh, the citizens that's on parole or probation 
to vote. Um, as we know, many many uh, people in that status that have that felony status are prohibited from voting. And we have, you know, seen some victories in different states where grassroots efforts, uh, often organized by the prisoners themselves or former prisoners, have resulted in states, you know, restoring um, those parolees' right to vote back. Um, so you definitely looking forward to uh, hearing from Maxwell on that. Also got some information to share. The, pri- the advocates for prisoners' human rights are calling on the community to start organizing solidarity events from August the 21st. Um, and many of us in the struggle know August is Black August, but it'll be from August the 21st to September the 9th. And these events are to amplify the cause for human rights for prisoners. And I'll share um, the message that was uh, disseminated uh, from the uh, prisoner human rights movement. Um, But also um, after that, I want to point out that concerning prisoner human rights demands um, that came out of the 2018 national prisoner strike. And for those that remember that. Um, Many of those demands are part of Bernie Sanders' Justice and Safety for All platform, and that specific section is titled Prisoners' Bill of Rights. Um, And after victories in Iowa and New Hampshire, Sanders heads towards this Super Tuesday as a front runner, and no other candidate nor President Donald Trump, and I would say in the history of, of, of candidates except for before 1865, but thereafter, there's never been a POTUS candidate that has a prisoner's bill of rights as part of their platform. And that pla- and, and that bill of rights will restore their human rights, their constitutional rights of prisoners in the United States. But what, what was kind of strange to me is that not many prisoner advocacy groups that that you know I follow on social media as they put out you know great information, but I don't see them organizing around this presidential election. Look, you ain't gotta, you don't have to support the same candidate that I support in Bernie Sanders, but he's the only one with a prisoner bill of rights. But every four years, well, really every two years we have an election, but every four years. It's the presidential election, and it's it's all eyes on 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 that process, and a lot of people paying attention. So we should be lifting up human rights, whether that's infiltrating these talk town halls, and let me not put it in the terms of infiltrating, because many of us are citizens, and we have a right to be there and present our issues just as much as anybody else that attends these. Uh, these town halls, but we need to be organizing and going to these town halls, whether no matter who's sponsoring them, uh, CNN, CBS, uh, NPR, it, MSNBC, if it's open to the public, then we need to make sure we get our people in there and more importantly, um, raise the issue. And I don't care if it's in the form of a protest, if they won't pick none of us to ask the question, which they do that ahead of time. But uh, like we see, you know, some of these groups, they will go in there where these candidates is speaking and then they, they'll just start protesting right there, you know, uh, with their organized chants and what have you. But now is a good time to be raising the issue of prisoner human rights around these presidential um, campaigns. And we should be organizing our, especially if we're in, in prison, our family members. I once heard somebody give me an estimate that family members 
of the two point however many million people that's in prison and jail. But if you include their family members, that swells to eight million people. Now, some of those may be children, but let's just say half of that eight million um, are friends and family members and they're adults and they can vote then they need to be organizing around this issue during election season, not just at, at the presidential or the federal level, um, but also at the state level and also at the local level. And that's why, I'm, you know, it, I, I'm saying that tonight is an encouraging program getting this news from Maxwell because he's been a part, you know, of organizing in New Jersey to get these reforms in place, which I feel are very important because I feel like politics controls every people activity area in the United States. And now that's more prisoners that can vote for candidates. That's, that's going to not just give us lip service around issues, but actually pass legislation like Murphy has done. So let's bring in Maxwell. Maxwell, good to hear from you, bro. Yeah. How you doing, brother Scotty? How you doing? How's everyone doing? As you know, I've been gone for a while, you know, um, just saying it's out there for our listeners in case they wonder what had happened to me. You know, I had a major surgery and, you know, I'm, I'm back now, you know, and, um, you know, when I'm not just back, but I'm back with a lot of good information, you know, coming out of uh, New Jersey, dealing with this, uh, criminal justice system, you know, it's mass incarceration and, uh, some of the great bills, you know, that have been signed, uh, by Governor Murphy, who's been in office. For two years, he's been in office, and I would say, coming from me, he's been one of the strongest governors in this state in the last 30 years. The bills that, and a lot of the bills that's going up right now that he's been signing, isn't bills that have just come out. They've been working on these bills for years and years and years, but he's been the only one to come forward to pass some of these uh, very historic bills, which is one of the leading ones is uh, the restoring of votes amongst people who are currently Hey, I'm sorry, Maxwell. In New Jersey, more than um, 80,000 people. Maxwell, if you could start over, I'm sorry, just that last 10 seconds, um, we had some technical issues and we couldn't hear you clearly, but you were talking about this historic legislation in terms of New Jersey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is very historic because as of 1844, the year of 1844, all those rights were were taken from anyone that was uh, incarcerated, you know, locked up for something. You know, once you were locked up, all your voting rights and things were taken from you. And uh, Governor Murphy, as I said, who's only been in office for two years, and in these two years, the legislation, as it affects those in New Jersey, uh, no one has been willing to do it and to sign these very historic bills, you know, and like in the criminal justice system. And this governor has not just been of lip service. This man has actually, you know, put his money where his mouth is. And... uh you know, there's more than, as I said, 80,000 in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. All of our voting rights were restored and will take effect on March the 1st as, a, uh, as, a, as an ex-offender. I will be able to go into a voting booth and vote. I'm not just talking for the presidency. I'm talking about 
from any office or whatever, I will be able to go in there, <laughs> excuse me, and hit that voting machine. Oh, uh, Maxwell. <laughs> Um, Maxwell, it seems yeah. that I read that one mm-hmm. of the uh, reform measures he just signed into place that at first the mm-hmm. legislature tried to attach some kind of poison pill to it or something, yeah, and he yeah. sent it back. Yeah. Well, you know, they always try to, uh, a lot of times they want them to go in, uh, a lot of them sometimes Republicans or whoever will go back in and they will say, look, there's, you know, X, Y, Z. They try to sugarcoat it and put little loopholes and technicality. Meaning, for example, in uh, in one state, I believe it was, uh, I don't know if it was California. Well, yes, they restored. No, that was in uh, Florida. In Florida, they had restored all those rights back to the people, but they wanted them to go back in and rewrite that bill. And what they did in rewriting that bill is made attachments of, you cannot have those rights restored unless all your fines are paid off. Then you would be able to, you know, vote. And uh, so what they were actually doing, they weren't, in Florida, for example, they weren't really signing a bill, you know, with no strings attached. You know, actually, you know, because most of the brothers and the people out there would not be able to pay off some of these fines. You know, because hey, the hey, longer fines, they put all types of attachments. Yeah, specifically the first piece of legislation, the mm-hmm. the politicians didn't even have a hand on in the prisoners. You know, certain states, and unfortunately, North Carolina isn't one of them. But in Florida, if you get enough signatures, you can put something on the ballot. And that's what the prisoners in Florida organized, and they was able to get enough signatures. And then it passed by, you know, the, the people of Florida voted on it, passed it. And then here come the uh, Republicans, but, you know, we ain't partisan. Could have been some Democrats yeah. that voted along with them, you know, to then mm-hmm. try to make them pay, put a poll tax basically on them before yeah. they could vote. Yeah, because the longer you don't pay a fine, there are surcharges on those fines. They have all types of attachments on that. So, therefore, that bill, just again, for the example of Florida, that bill, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been really a bill that was assigned because they're not restored unless that. And we know there's all types of barriers, and that most people do not have the finances to pay those fines. So in actuality, I mean, it was a good step, yes. But you know, I'm just giving. But in New Jersey, there was no strings attached to this. As of March first, again, all people who are currently on parole and probation will be able to vote. And what that means is, as we spoke about early uh, there, Brother Scotty, that those family members have family members who has family members who has friends. And that means a lot, you know, because we have all been affected by the criminal justice system, not just us, but our families. And also, you know, when you return in from prison, Scotty, sometimes, you know, there's all types of, there's more than 80,000 different barriers, you know, prohibiting you from being able to do many things. So when I say this historic one in New Jersey, to me, it was very historic because there are no strings attached in this particular bill. You understand? Yeah. Now, was Hello? it that yeah. bill or a different bill that they tried to attach the poison pill? Because you mentioned at least three different 
you know, pretty significant uh, things that uh, he signed into law. Was it that one yeah. or a different one that they tried it to touch? Have, well, th- well, they have on a lot of them. Uh, oh, okay. They have uh, tried to attach all these different strings, right? Mm-hmm. But they were they were passed without any strings attached. That's why I say, I mean, yes, we have other governors in other states that are signing off on things, but it's kind of like, you know, they're being signed. But there's a, atta- you know, there's attachments to them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but in New Jersey, there was no attachments to this. Well, for example, if he pays off his fines X Y Z, then he will become, you know, eligible to vote. You know, and that means a lot, Brother uh, Scotty, with all these people that are on probation and parole to be able to go out there and actually vote. You know, and and, and yes, yes, it, it means a lot. Maxwell, you know? let me ask you a, yes. a question now. I know the answer, and I know you know the answer, yeah. but I'm just, you know, saying it for the listening audience because we got yeah. some people out there, and it's their right. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to mock them or denigrate them. Yeah. I just have a different point of view. But yeah. it seems yeah. to me that voting in this sort of system is pretty important, or they wouldn't seek to prohibit so many or take so many people's yeah. voting rights away. You mentioned 80,000 possibly will be able to vote. They couldn't vote before, you know, uh, which yeah. would be effective on March the 1st. You know, there have yeah. been elections that have been decided by less than 80,000 votes. Exactly. Yes, well, exactly. exactly. You know? And, you know, as I said, this is very, uh, but Scotty, I never thought in this life uh, that I would be able to go into a voting machine and have the opportunity to vote. But it also shows me, it gives it more meaning since we're out here and those that of us that are working or that, who are working and stuff and you're attached there, you should have all those rights restored to you. You know, I mean, you're a taxpayer. Right? Why right. shouldn't you be able to vote? To go in there and decide, you know, who's going to make these decisions and, and make this policy. Right. You know? They didn't strip you yeah. of your citizenship. So why, yeah. how can they strip you of your right to vote? You're not a citizen, really, if you can't yeah. vote, but you paying yeah. taxes. That just means that I don't know uh, what to call you. <laughs> you know what but I'm as saying? You, yes, but no, I'm going to tell you what you call it. As you just said, it doesn't make us what? A citizen, right? Right. You're absolutely right because citizens have the right to do many things, and that goes to show you that was another a barrier, a major one. Because look at it, you say you don't know what to call it, you call it as you see it. You were not ex offenders, and persons were not considered to be citizens. You know, the system and most people out there look at, at us as beasts and animals, and people in their heartless people, cruel and cold and. That's how, you know, we're looked upon at. I know the word I was looking for, the phrase. It's called, and they started uh, something called the American Revolution over it. They say it, uh, taxation without representation. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Brother Scotty. And, uh, you know, uh, but one of the other things you were speaking of earlier, you were talking about how people had to come together to mobilize, you know, to get out there, not just this election, you saying that this was the most important, this is one of the most important elections in history. You know, this election. And, you know, grassroots organizations and, you know, people such as myself should be out there also to mobilize and stabilize and get people to actually, you know, something that people have sacrificed 
to get this bill passed so that people should take the initiative. These community-based organizations and other people to gather the people in the form a real campaign for all the brothers and sisters who are currently on parole in the basement to really get out there. And in and, prison. Yes, yes, yes. No, in New Jersey, they will not be able to vote while they're in prison. They have no, to, I'm, I'm know, just speaking in general terms of raising the issue yes. of prisoner human rights. Yes. And, and, and the brothers that are still, the people that are still in prison who are incarcerated, is that we'll actually be able to vote. And what I mean by that, they have family members out there. So they will be able to encourage their families, their brothers, their sisters and nieces to register, to vote, and to get down there and hit those ballots. Yeah? Maxwell, it was something else that you mentioned that kind of is a perfect segue to the right to Uh vote. And this is 2020. Um, you know, every 10 years, the United States government does a U.S. census where they count yeah. the population that determines how many representatives you may have in Congress. How many, I think the number of senators is set, but the number of representatives that a state can have is based on its population numbers, but also how federal resources, well, really is your own money. You pay the taxes to the federal government, then the federal government decides where to dole out different grants and and pay for stuff and give resources to certain communities and and so you mentioned there in New Jersey that uh, Governor Phil Murphy did something to address prison gerrymandering because that's where they they count the prisoner not in their last address where they lived at before they were incarcerated but where they are warehoused on a prison plantation and then those then then their numbers are counting towards somebody else's community and not the community they come from What, what what did governor murphy do well, actually, by him uh, signing that bill, it's, all right, look, you have in rural areas in New Jersey, for example, most of your uh, biggest prisons are in the southern region of the state, right? And they're in these little small hick towns. And some of these towns would not even really exist if it weren't for the prisons being in. There would not even be an economy in, in some of these towns, you know, uh, in southern New Jersey. And what they were doing when they were taking the census, they were actually counting these individuals as, you know, belonging to the to that county as they, you know, they lived there. And so that was actually taking money from their community. You know, actually, that's what it was doing by gerrymandering. That's how that's and, what and that political representation. Yes, exactly, and that's that's why a lot of people don't understand the importance of that. And while it was important, you know, most who don't understand just thought it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, you know. But it was very important because now all that funding that was going into these rural areas where these prisons were will go back to those communities, and that money can be used in other forms and for other things that are seriously needed, you know. Another state, just to give a shout out to the grassroots activists and the people who made it happen in Virginia, because Virginia legislator just passed the same thing. Uh, Another law 
that says, you know, that they're ending prison gerrymandering and the prisoners will be counted in the community they they come from and not yeah. as residents of the town where the prison is. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly, Brother Scotty. So that's the importance of that right there. And as I said, this uh, governor has been a very progressive governor. And in the last 30 years, right, I don't believe that any governor, in my opinion, and based off of the information I have, has made such a move in that many years. And he's only been in office two years. So I'm talking about he's dealing with real criminal justice issues. He, their motto is New Jersey cares, you know, for the people. And this guy is demonstrating to me that it's really about the people, that it's not about his allies. You know, I'm here to represent y'all, the people. And the reason I'm able to say that by him, he's not just, it's not just words as most politicians sometimes make promises and all these different promises. No, he's carrying out all these things that he about to make real change and he has a full understanding of of the disparity in the criminal justice system. Uh the ratio uh in, in, in New Jersey is uh uh Latinos, you know, like brown, brown and black, who are mostly affected by this. And, you know, that's it is clear. There's no way around it. New Jersey is the highest in the nation. Uh there, Brother Scotty. As far as the, you know, the disparity in the criminal justice system, where most blacks and you know Latinos are sentenced at a higher rate mm-hmm. than non-whites, yes, and uh, you know it, it, it's undeniable, and that most were affected by these, uh, you know, by all these other laws, you know, that have went into effect. I mean. You know, so many, uh, Brother Scotty, you know, some of them too numerous to, you know, to mention, you know. Well, well there's too one numerous. more that I would like to mention, um, i like for us yeah. to discuss, because I think it's important as well. But yeah, one of yeah. the other things that Governor Murphy signed into law is to make it easier for those convicted of low-level drug offenses now. And then we're not just talking about marijuana. It could be crack. It could be meth. Yeah. You know, you're an addict, and, and, yes. and that's what's considered a low-level drug offense, and he's going to yes. make it easier for them to expunge their records, which is, which is important exactly. when you're trying to get housing, when you're mm-hmm. trying to get loans, whether it's student yes. loans, a car loan, a home loan. Yes. You know, it, yes. it just really, that criminal record can really affect you, even though it was a low-level offense and you're yes. getting some, yes. it's still some a, king it's still pen. Offense, just having it. It's still an offense a lot of times, and it prohibits you uh, from, as I said, it's more than uh, 80,000 roadblocks and barriers that are prohibiting you from doing a lot of things. And some people made actually a mistake or got caught up into something. And here you had this stamp on your head. You could not do anything just because of that low-level sense or anything. It held most back. And by holding them back and people not being able to get jobs and, and different things, would most times cause people to do other things just to, you know, to be able survive. to get by and survive, you know, to make a living, to take care of their kids, take care of their families, you know? Now, and what would it do? It would cause them to possibly go out and do other things. Sometimes they get it by any means necessary to get that money. Now, in connection yeah. to that, I mentioned that he's going to make it easier to get those records expunged. Now, another barrier 
just like the barrier Florida threw up for uh, uh, people with a felony, you know, or on parole, um, not being able to vote, and they had to pay this money back. But it can be expensive yeah. trying to get your record expunged. And, and I heard yeah. that he's setting up something that can be done online, a process where you can go Automatically. Online. Automatically. He's trying. He's uh, reaching out for a company or someone to come up that would create an automatic system that would screen, you know, by way of computer and those people with such charges for them to actually do it for you, you know, because sometimes it becomes very complicated. All right. For example, all right. Yeah. We signed this bill, but then for this bill to be carried out and followed out, it has, is there's instructions of a specific way in which these things have to be carried out. And it's very difficult uh, when trying to get your records expunged. It, it's, it is it is crazy. It's not as simple as people they make it look. You know, it's not it's not as simple as that. Now, has there been any policy? You know, right now as far as uh, these bills, there has to be a policy in, in which way they have to inform. You know, the ex offenders and everybody. For example, all right. You have your writing back, but there has to be procedures put into place in which this to be carried out, like, you know, for most things, you know. So it's very important, just like in the voting, uh, Brother Scotty, that bill. Now, as of March the 1st, do anyone know exactly what to do or are the employees informed or informing what procedures they should take or any type of forms or anything that you need to fill out? You know, that hasn't been fully expressed in, in written. It's an order. It's a command that they are to do that. But what procedure do you follow is one of the things that we're looking at right now. What exact procedures will I need or steps that I, will I need in order to be able it, to It vote seems to me, you know, it shouldn't be complicated. The governor office uh, gets yeah. with, because, uh, um, you know, here in North Carolina, I don't know about New Jersey, but you have like yeah. a state board of elections. And then you mm-hmm. you tell the state board of elections to reach out to yeah. the county electors yeah. and say, hey, mm-hmm. you can't, you mm-hmm. have to register these people. It don't matter if they yeah. got a criminal record yeah. or whatever, yeah. or they on parole, exactly. you have to register them. So hopefully yeah. it won't, yeah. it, you know, it'll be that simple. It's no reason well, it shouldn't I be. Said- and for that to be carried out, I believe it's going to be carried out. It's going to be carried out in which way. It's definitely going to be carried out. You know, again, from what I see of this governor, he's not of just lip service, you know. And I'm going, again, by his actions, not his words, because what also, he also did, Brother Scotty, is just signed another bill in which all fines are suspended from our juveniles and youth. All fines were suspended. Wow. To put a bill into law for that. All right. And they also signed a bill, Brother Scotty, that for to to create a special project dealing with um, the youthful uh, criminal justice system, you know? Mm-hmm. And what they did by that is in four different, uh, three different places, for example, in North New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey, and Camden, New Jersey, the people came out. He wanted to know what the people, what were their opinions, and what did they want to hear? What did they want to do, you know, about our juvenile youth? And um, he implemented all types of laws. You know, I mean, 
I mean, again, Brother Scotty, it, it, it'd be too by far for me to try to go in all the things in which that means, you know, right now. Right. And by him signing that, uh, signing those bills. But mm-hmm. they're very, uh, he also signed the bill for the Women's Dignity Act, meaning if you're incarcerated, a woman, you will not be put in the solitary confinement if you're pregnant. Also, signing the law instead of them charging women for their necessities in which to maintain themselves as far as the you know personal uh, items. Yeah, their hygiene. They had to pay for all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they supposed to be provided those things. So he signed that in the law. Also, in that same bill, that all officers will have to go to sensitive training, sensitive training programs. Also, that in that bill was signed that most people would have to be placed a certain distance and not away from their family so far to keep them closest to their homes because they send them, you know, like, for example, Scotty, they can send you all the way up north from the south, which will make it very difficult for you to see your family. You know, mm-hmm. so instead of encouraging visits and everything, they were trying to be cured. Mm-hmm. No, and they were trying to make most things by way of video concerts and, and different things. And that costs money in a lot of states. And, well, yes, and what it cost in money, what did it do? It created an economy for these big companies that are running these things and has all that technology, you know? to the video conferences, contracting with the DOC and, you know, splitting the money. So that's why they were taking a lot of the contact visits uh, because what it was doing was creating another economy and another uh, pocket for the DOCs to profit and for the big corporations to profit from, you know, these people. And, uh, you know, uh, like as I said, Scotty, there's, several bills too far many to mention here uh but all these scotty pertains to juvenile justice reform criminal justice reform and parole he's also in new jersey there's a procedure scotty you go up for parole you don't always get parole when you go up and they were holding people well over their time not following their own rules and regulation and legislative uh that was you know put into place and you go up for parole, they might say, Brother Scotty, uh, well, I don't think you're ready. I'm going to give you uh, another five-year hit. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, you come back up to see us half the time of that, and they would deny people. He's created an early release act where you can earn your way out. And it's not you up know? to a parole board. <laughs> no, you, it, no, you earn your way out by doing other things and you demonstrate and, yes, earn your way out. Because, you know, you know, a lot of uh, problems with these parole boards across the nation is they stack them with former cops and law enforcement or those, you know, yeah. are part of that family. And then also yeah. there's the prison slavery or the prison industrial complex aspect, just yeah. like profiting off of the video calls. I mean, it, yeah. it's profiting them to keep you in prison. Yes, actually it is. For the big corporation, yes, it's very popular to keep you in there. And some of the things that's being taken in prison, it's not by the DOC. Do you know what's actually being taken? Because it's actually being taken. Or the certain privileges that they have in there, 
you have these companies who have lobbyists to go out to certain politicians, right? right. And hit them off and then say, yo, I need you to sponsor a bill. Uh, you know, I need you to sponsor this bill right here. And it'll be a corporation like, uh, right now they're giving all these, uh, private prison lobbyists. They're giving them these private tablets. They're giving them to them in some states. And when they're giving these tablets to them, the astronomical cost just to text your family and email your family is, oh, man, so far behind. So, again, it's not the DLC. And the first thing that they always come up with, anything that they can say, well, this is a security threat. They always try to use security. Right. No, it has nothing to do with security. It has to do with that dollar. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and that's yes. Let's let's um take a station identification break um before yeah. we hit hit the uh, top of the hour. Uh, our program's only an hour long. If we need to go yeah. over, we can go over. Um, but we try to you know uh, uh be mm-hmm. be um um cautious with our time but anyway uh, if anybody in the listening audience uh, wants to call in and ask a question make a comment maybe you live in New Jersey and and you want to share some stories or maybe you live in the state and you're working on these type give us a call and um, share you know your testimony with us you can give us a call at 704 I should say 1-704-802- Five zero five six. That's one seven zero four eight zero two five zero five six. We're gonna take a, a short station identification break. When we come back on the other side, um, I want to share this this um, uh, communication that was sent out by uh, uh, different people who are part of the prisoner human rights movement. Um, again, they want to organize around lifting up prisoner human rights from August the 21st to September the 9th. But y'all know we do that every week here on New Abolitionist Radio. And as individuals, we're doing that every day using uh, social media. But we'll be back on the other side. Stay tuned. Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. 
And welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio. We broadcast live every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Um, we have rotating hosts, so one week it might be Maxwell, one week it might be Tag, another week it might be Brother Tayson and Sister Khadijah. And, hey, if, if you have some knowledge to share and you want to be a guest, just contact either one of us, and we'll definitely bring you on to share with, with the audience the things that you are working on. Um, now, I want to switch gears, and um, let me just share this information. Advocates for the Prisoner Human Rights Movement are calling on the community to start organizing solidarity events from August the 21st to September the 9th. So this is uh, what they sent out. They said to all in solidarity with the prisoner human rights movement, we are reaching out to those that have been amplifying our voices in the state, federal, or immigration jails and prisons, and to allies that uplifted the national prison strike demands in 2018. We call on you again to organize the communities from August the 21st to September the 9th, 2020, by hosting actions, events, and demonstrations that call for prisoner human rights and the end to prison slavery. We must remind the people and legal powers in this nation that prisoners' human rights are a priority. If we aren't moving forward, we're moving backward. For those of us in chains, backward is not an option. We have nothing to lose but our chains. Some people claim that prisoners' human rights have advanced since the last national prison strike in 2018. We strongly disagree, but due to prisoners organizing inside and allies organizing beyond the wall, solidarity with our movement has increased. The only reason we hear conversations referencing prison reforms in every political campaign today is because of the work of prison organizers and our allies. But as organizers in prison, we understand this is not enough. Just as quickly as we've gained ground, others are already funding projects and talking points to set back those advances. Our only way to hold our ground while moving forward is to remind people where we are and where we are headed. So that's the message for them. You you have anything to add to that, Brother Maxwell? I know you go on events all the time, man. Yeah, as we were saying, brother, we'd like these people to get out and to mobilize and support these causes. It's very important right now that people, you know, as you said, to sponsor and host some of these things, you know, all these things that are taken to support prisoners' human rights. That is even signed in the Geneva Convention, one of the first priorities signed in the Geneva Convention, you know, Bill of Rights, is that human rights of prisoners, human rights. I mean, these are people that are going to be turning back out to society, Brother Scotty, who we need to help. I mean, you have the system and everyone out there complaining what they aren't doing when they come home. But when you have all these barriers up, how do you expect someone not to do this or to not do that when you have all these roadblocks up, you know? Mm-hmm. And for myself, Brother Scotty, I know all the barriers and roadblocks. Well, I, you know, I've been uh, 32 years up inside that place and coming out, hasn't been easy at all when you're going and to have actual doors slammed in your face, turned down for jobs and everything. You know, they're not looking at what your future and your present is. They just continuously look at your past, your past. 
And right. it can reflect something totally different, you know? Right, defining and, people by their worst mistakes. Exactly. That's that's who they define you as. You know, that's exactly who. And, and in a like. lot of cases, it's not even a mistake because we know mm-hmm. plenty of our people end up in there because mm-hmm. they've been set up or, or nah. entrapped in a situation. It, it is not a mistake. It is intentionally done. Mm-hmm. As I said, it is these corporations out there that are the real cause of this mass incarceration movement. You know, just like we trying to change the criminal justice system and everything, but they are the ones that's help getting all these different, you know, things implemented into policy and law and the changing of all these different things. It's the corporate world, the corporate world, because they're the ones that are really not even, I'm not just speaking, Scotty, of private prisons. I'm talking about actual state prisons. Right. You know, we have these prison uh, prison industrializations. uh, For example, they're making license plates is an industry. Uh, Bread is an industry. Uh, Furniture is one of the main ones. And I don't know if it's New York, but one of the states I was just reading, uh, but Scotty, that they cannot buy any the government offer. They cannot buy anything, you know, outside of the DOC. Right, what's made by the prisoners? By office law. furniture, yeah. stuff like that. By law, mm-hmm. they the agency has to order it from there. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. law, so you see all the attachments. You know, just all the different attachments there, but Scotty. Yes. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it is just so much, man. It's kind of, this is a, man, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Now, Brother Maxwell, I don't know if you yes. heard of, heard about this, but when Bloomberg uh, got into this race trying to buy it, you know, the multi-billionaire former mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg, yes. but he got busted hiring uh, 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 people to do phone calls. You know, they do phone cabin yeah. scene and stuff. Yes, I, yes, he yes, hired I, prisoners, a company that was using prisoners. Mm-hmm. Yes, to do the telemarketing and making all these phone calls and different things. Yes, he, that's who he hired to do that. And that was that was also cheap labor. Uh, you know, that was actually Slave cheap labor. labor. That, that's exactly what he did. And, uh, he said that he had to uh, look into it. He didn't understand, you know, and, you know, these are excuses. He knew exactly, well, his organizers knew exactly what they were doing. You know, mm-hmm. they were trying to cut costs and cut costs paying other ones. So who else do they get to doing? They got incarcerated people. And I can't knock the ones that, you know, are actually doing this and being hired to prison and doing that. You know, they're trying to reach out to their family. They need stamps to buy and different things, unfortunately. And, you know, it puts them in a position. But they know where their heart are. The people that's involved with this work, you know, they know where their hearts are. But I'm going to say this, Brother Scotty. There are many organizations out there who claim that they have all the answers. And there's no one particular organization out there that has all those answers, Brother Scotty. No one organization. It has to be through collaboration, you know? Mm-hmm. Organizations coming together for a common cause. Mm-hmm. Just as uh, one quick example. Uh, you know, a lot of blacks don't, you know, whites don't like blacks, blacks don't like, you know, racist people, uh, skinheads don't like this. But certain things towards the government sometimes, even though they don't like each other, 
But for a common cause, there's been groups known to have come together for that common cause. You know, they don't have to like each other, but when there's a common cause there. Well, we see that. We see that. We see that with the organizing inside the prison. It's people of all different walks of life, different skin colors, different religions who are organizing on the inside around human rights because they all in the same boat. There are guys I know who have been killed. When I tell you this, well, I'm talking about that were killed as a result of them to protect their human rights and that of protection for others. There are people that have sacrificed and lost their lives for us to be where we at today. Those who've come before me, you know, we must remember that we're standing on the backs of giants, on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, there have been many who lost their life for this movement throughout the criminal justice system. I know many personally who have sacrificed their lives and were beaten to death or they fell down the steps and, you know. Right. And, right. yeah, I'm talking about, you know, when I talk about these things, Scotty, I'm not talking about something somebody told me or something I read from a book. I'm saying what I lived firsthand experience with my own eyes. I lived it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm, I am somebody capable and qualified to speak on the subject of it. And, and you know, another thing I'd just like to say to our, our listeners out there, you have to be careful also of some of the organizations out there. They're strictly into it for a profit. Mm-hmm. They're not into it. They claim to be there, Brother Scotty, for the cause, but they're not really there for the cause. They're not genuine. They're not a thing. I actually, Brother Maxwell, a quick story about that. And this person, as a result of me calling him out, you know, and he was on, we were interviewing him on New Abolitionist Radio. He was a former prisoner and he started a nonprofit to help prisoners reintegrate. But then he was for the drug war. He was pro drug war. And and I was like, how can you be pro drug war and getting Mm -hmm. people locked up for being addicted to drugs or even selling, you know, drugs because of a means of survival how can you support that and you're profiting yeah. from that so it but it, you know that's that's why you don't want the drug war and i was straight up with the brother and i told him yeah. this is what's called the non-profit industrial complex we ain't really yeah. trying to stop the stop you know or change the system we just trying no. to make money from it you know exactly. and, and so exactly. and, and so but as a result of me being upfront and frank with the brother I wasn't disrespectful yeah. I was just no. you know being honest with him from my, like my, my point of view and he came around months later and and yeah. said that we were right you know, and, yeah, he, and he yeah, looked at it yeah. totally different. But, you know, as yeah. we get ready to run out of time, I got to share this, you know, again, I'm not, I, I support Bernie Sanders. The reason I support Bernie Sanders first and foremost is this prisoner bill of rights. Um, yeah. You know, also, I like the Medicare for all, even though I have free health care and don't have to yeah. pay for my prescription drugs through the VA. Yeah. But I'm not in this for myself. I'm in it for yeah. everybody that needs medical care or whatnot. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. should have the opportunity to go to college tuition free. I don't think only yeah. people with money should be able to go to school. But the number yeah. one reason I'm supporting him is the prisoner bill of rights. Now, I'm not telling anybody yeah. who to vote for, but I'm 
telling you, if you're going to vote, which you should, you need to look at their platform. And I hold yeah, this and, Prisoner yeah. Bill of Rights as the gold standard. So I'm going to just read these off real quick. If they, ahead, if, if they ain't talking about this, then they ain't talking about nothing. They falling way short. So um, this is from his website, BernieSanders.com. It's in the criminal justice reform section. Yeah. It says... Uh, as president, Bernie will enact a prisoner bill of rights that guarantees ending solitary confinement. Solitary confinement is a form of torture and unconstitutional, plain and simple. Access to free medical care in prisons and jails, including professional and evidence-based substance abuse and trauma-informed mental health treatment. Incarcerated trans people have access to the health care they need. Access to free educational and vocational training. This includes ending the ban on Pell Grants for all incarcerated people without any exception. A living wage. A living wage and safe working conditions, including a maximum work hours for all incarcerated people for that labor. That means they won't be able to work you more than 40 hours a week or something like that. And the conditions have to be safe. You know, just like out here in the civilian world, you know, the the labor department oversees that or OSHA oversees that. And then you can't be a slave if you're being paid a living wage. Because slaves yeah, don't yeah. get paid. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, definitely, exactly. uh, the next point, slaves don't have a right to vote. All voting age Americans must have the right and meaningful access to vote, whether they are incarcerated or not. We will re-enfranchise the right to vote to the millions of Americans who have had their vote taken away by a felony conviction. Now, it's good that Virginia, places like New Jersey and Florida, even with those extra conditions uh, put on them, but it's good that people are attacking this and getting bills in place from the state level. But we know that the federal government... Also, is the executive branch is a bully pulpit, and they control a lot of the money that goes to the prisons and stuff, and grants to the state prisons. They they just don't, you know, they run the federal prisons, but they also financially support the state prisons. And you could threaten them and say, if you don't enact these reforms, then you won't get this money. Okay, and then like we talked about in New Jersey with, with the governor getting rid of prison gerrymandering. Ending prison gerrymandering, ensuring incarcerated people are counted in their communities, not where they are incarcerated. Uh, Establishment of an office of prisoner civil rights and civil liberties within the Department of Justice. This will be the first office of its kind housed in the Department of Justice to investigate civil rights complaints from incarcerated individuals and provide independent oversight to make sure that prisoners are in safe, healthy environments. I mean, if y'all seen some of the videos that come out from inside the prisons, man, you have mold, you have leaky water, busted pipes. I mean, it's just terrible, man. The, you know? Remember, Brother Scotty, I've seen these things. Remember, I lived it. I know yes, it yes. I yes. lived these things, you know. Also, and, uh, that. protection 
from sexual abuse and harassment, including uh-huh. mandatory federal prosecution of prison staff who engage in such misconduct. You know, I was thinking uh, when you was talking about New Jersey now has to provide the feminine hygiene products to the prisoners. We've seen in a lot of prisons where the male guards will use that to have sex with the females and be like, oh, I'll get you some napkins, but you got to do me, you got to do me one, you know, what you going to give me? So, you know, it's important that these people be prosecuted for their sexual exploitation of prisoners, access to their families, like Max was talking about, um, with the video conferencing and how much that costs. Well, he's addressing that. It says uh, access to their families, including unlimited visits, phone calls, and video calls. And last but not least in the Prisoner Bill of Rights, a determination for the most appropriate setting for people with disabilities and safe, accessible conditions for people with disabilities in prisons and jails. And I bet you, Max, a lot of people don't think about that, but if I go in the way my back is and my leg been acting up here lately, man, oh, man, you know, I I could be, it could be hell in there, right? So... Mm -hmm. I just and want I, to t- tell everybody. I wanted to add something when you finish. I want to add something. Bro. Okay. Um, yeah. So I just want to tell all the prisoners, we need to be talking to our families. And yeah. all of us on the outside need to be organized around this bill of rights. This is 75% of what the prisoners doing the prison strike when they put out a list of demands. That that campaign was listening because we was tweeting at him, we was emailing them, and we was t- engaging his campaign. Yeah. And 75% of those demands by prisoners themselves is in this Prisoner Bill of Rights. Come on, wow. y'all. This is historic. Yes, and I, I have a personal friend that's, uh, he's uh, actually uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign manager here in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, his name is. We're going to bring him on the show one day. His name is Brother Larry Ham. He works with the People's Organization Progress Organization uh, out of uh, North New Jersey. He is also running against Cory Booker. Yeah, also, for the Senate. Yeah, and his brother's name is Brother Larry Ham. He will be running Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign here in New Jersey, and he's been with a strong organization. He's really a grassroots organization, and people in the community who's been out there. He also walks you know he walks his too he walks that walk too he don't just talk it he walks you know Amen. So, yeah. Like yeah, I I've say, known about Lawrence Ham for years yeah. I subscribe to their yeah. uh, newsletter and, yeah, he, and, and yeah, like you going, said man he's been out there going, doing that work for years yes exactly and I said he it, he's going to make it happen for Bernie Sanders in, in, in New Jersey I know that for a fact and if it can be handled the way that he's going to handle this in New Jersey, it can be handled like that in every other state. Exactly. It can be done. Well, you know, yes. Maxwell, do you got any final yes. thoughts as we get ready to wrap it up? Any upcoming events you would like to let nah. people know? Oh, yes. Well, uh, May the 2nd in, in uh, uh, Kingston, New York, just want to say, again, one of the uh, uh, Die Jim Crow's uh, first albums, uh, one of the first albums is going to be released. It's going to be a free event. I will probably bring it up the next time. I'm just making people. It will be a free event going on in Kingston, New York. 
everyone to be welcome to come out to it. It's the release party of uh, B.L. Sherell, one of the artists and deputy director of Die Jim Crow Records, which is Die Jim Crow Records is the first of its kind in the United States. Uh, Brother Scotty, it is a non-profit for currently and formerly incarcerated prisoners. And it's changing the prison narrative through music is what this is about. People telling their own stories like in their own words, you know, nobody else, not the media telling their stories in their own words, you know. So that's what Die Jim Crow Records is about. It's talking about the racism in prison. It's talking about the criminal justice system and the disparity and the unfairness of it and human rights. It's talking about all these things. The artists, these are the things that they're talking about, you know. So, again, I will give the date the next time and the address of uh, Scotty so that they may be able to attend. It's going to be a free event. And, of course, as we get closer to that date, we will remind yeah, the audience. Maybe exactly. we can even get some artists that's participating to come on and yeah. talk about. Two of them going to be held. Yeah, they're going to be held. One is going to be held in, uh, one is gonna be held in uh, New York, and one is going to be held in Philadelphia. And as you said, Yes, a uh, few of the artists we will be able to uh, bring on to the show. We actually, we've had one of them on here already, brother Scotty. We had B. L. Sherrell on here. I don't know if you recall B. L. Sherrell. Yeah, I recall. Yeah. No, well, we had her. She's one of the artists, and uh, yes. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. You know. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh-huh. Well, thanks again, Maxwell. Man, the, the uh, you know, let us know the moves yeah, that's being made up there in New Jersey. That's very, very encouraging, man. And you know, yeah. I do see progress, and it, it it may not satisfy all, but we should never be satisfied. We just got to keep pushing yeah. and pushing and pushing till we get human yeah. rights for all. You know. Yes, but one of the main bills that we're working on in New Jersey right now is. The average person in New Jersey, but Scott, after seven years, you're supposed to be able to put in, right? To be a lifers are supposed to be able to put in. There's a process in which you go by, and to be taken off parole. If you've demonstrated to them, they're not following their own policies and procedures, because when you put in for it, you're not. You're not years and years, but Scotty, you know they're not following their own, you know, their own procedures or anything. And we're trying to get it where if you've been on parole, been home for more than 10 years, right? Uh, not even the seven years that it is, 10 years without incident, that you should be able to come off parole. Okay. All that right. is one of the things, the most important things. The many, many lifers, Brother Scotty, okay. that is important. And the lifers actually have a banquet every year and I will when that time comes and most are welcome to come out and you know speak with the the lifers individually you'll see that we have our own community Uh, these are all brothers that were in the system at one time or another and I will probably be doing a sidebar on it brother Scotty having filmed somebody to film it you know for you yeah well we definitely looking forward to that well yeah 
I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to New Abolitionist Radio uh, with myself, Scotty Reed, and Max Melvins uh, with the Lifer Group and the Die Jim Crow Project. We're on air every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can also check out our archive of our podcast. This one will be posted in a couple of hours. And share it with others. Others, share this information with people. Let's organize around uh, these issues, people, because ain't nobody going to do it but us. And like like Frederick Douglass said, without struggle, there is no progress. The government concedes yeah. nothing without a demand, yeah. and we demand an end to prison slavery and human rights for the incarcerated. With that said, uh, with that said, peace and blessing to all. Be safe out there. Peace. Yeah. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, and we really just want this. Freedom. Freedom.